Welcome to my mom's podcast. You're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast, where we chat with educators, community members, and advocates of early childhood alike through candid and real conversations, focusing on the person behind the practice, along with some tips and strategies as well. I'm your host, Marisa. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another Early Childhood Journeys podcast. My guest today is Arizona local social justice advocate, Tina Sykes. Tina is a proud advocate for social justice in early childhood education and beyond. Her passion and commitment to equity is the foundation of her work and service to others. She's been immersed in early childhood education field for like over 20 years. Her experience includes work in Head Start, early Head Start, public and private childcare settings as a teacher, an assistant director, and a leader and facilitator of professional development. On top of that, she holds a master's degree in both adult education, curriculum development, and early childhood education, in addition to having a certificate of diversity and inclusion from Cornell University. I thought that was really cool. (laughs) Tina is also married to a wonderful husband and a proud mother of three beautiful children. They are her joy and her peace. Welcome, Tina. Thank you, Marissa. Um, really quickly, like with your kids, just just out of curiosity, I know you have you seem super young to have like a, I love you a like you have a man as a as a son. I have a twenty year old. That's why. Yeah. And everybody always like, oh, Marisa, how you know? I'm like, well, it's because I started at thirteen, which I'm <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, I mean I had her at my in my early twenties. And so, and then I have, you know, I have a six-year-old, so that's why I have like a huge, huge gap. So tell, just, just for our listeners, tell me the ages of your kids. Well, Eli- well, my son is my grown man, Elijah. He is 23. Um, and then I have a 16-year-old, soon to be 17, Kaya, uh, who will be 17 in, what's today, June 3rd, yeah, 4th? June 4th. Well, June 21st is her wow. birthday. So on June 1st, she walked in and said, in 20 days, it's my birthday. <laughs> um, and then I have my youngest journey, who is 11. So big age range. Yeah, yeah. that's a big age range. Uh, I just want to commend you for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's cool. So we've been talking about, um, Tina and I, just offline, just about the current events that are happening right now with just the recent um, I'm just going to say it, the recent murder of George Floyd. Um, Thank you I for believe- saying his name, Marissa. That's important. Yes. We must Thank- say, say their names. Thank you. Um, as of today, I know on the news, the officers have, all four officers have been charged. Since then, for those of you that have been under a rock that are listening to this, um, there's been a lot of protesting, uh, a lot of vocal mm-hmm. communities, um, I, and I think also some a lot of unity amongst our black and brown communities and hopefully some brave white allies. And I've been doing a lot of calling out with that on my own social platforms. So I, I was talking to Tina about what was going on and we were both just feeling like the heaviness of it. And I'm, I was saying to her, let's talk about this on the podcast. I think this is important, but not just this, but I want to talk about how I've, how I connected with you and the important work that you've done and why you're so passionate about social justice. 
Okay. Give me a little bit, um, like today on your social media handles, tell me about, tell us about that so folks can get a glimpse of what you were doing. So I have been feeling as a lot of us have been really heavy. You know, this it's heavy right now. It's heavy. I'm sad. I'm crying. I'm trying to hold it together at work. Um, uh, I do a lot of zoom meetings as we all are doing this time of the pandemic and people can see you. And people are looking at you constantly. And so I've really been holding, holding it together, holding my tears together just so I can get through work. And then at the end of the day, crying to my husband, crying alone in my uh, bedroom. My kids are saying to me, Mommy, are you okay? You look tired. Yes, yesterday, my 11-year-old, she, she just came and gave me a hug. And I said, thank you so much, Ernie. I, I needed that hug. And she said, you looked like you needed it. Um, so it was obvious that this emotion, this heaviness that I was feeling was, was apparent to, to others. And so I woke up this morning and I said, um, yes, there's heaviness, but we still need to celebrate. Um, and a person that I admire and I respect, uh, Elena Aguilar, she wrote a book called Onward, and it's about cultivating your resistance. And she talks about creating these habits of resilience. Um, and one of the habits that she talks about is celebrating and appreciating. And so today I said, today I'm going to celebrate and I'm going to appreciate. I'm going to be intentional about celebrating and appreciating. And what better day to do that than on the day of George Floyd's memorial service, where we want to celebrate his life, right? And, and, and acknowledge that his life had a purpose and celebrate and appreciate that. And so that's what was my focus today. And so in order, my mother, backstory, my mother is an artist. Um, and so I've always been surrounded by visual art. My mother is a wonderful artist and there's her artwork is all over um, our house. I have pieces that I've uh, borrowed um, from her <laughs> in my own home. And so art has always been a big inspiration for me. I also write poetry and do things, but a lot of times I can look at a, at, at a piece of artwork and it gives me inspiration. And so today for social media, I decided to every hour um, celebrate and appreciate black love, black joy, black, black family, black community, um, blackness, black culture, through art. And so every hour I'm posting just an image of uh, an artist that inspires me um, just to celebrate and appreciate that gift. Um, because in the midst of all of the sorrow, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the injustice, in the midst of it all, there is still joy. There is still Absolutely. joy. Absolutely. And for those of you that are curious about some of that art, I'm going to share the ones I, you, I think you have some of those that are public especially your mom's art that I, I saw that was beautiful I'm going to share it onto my early childhood journeys Facebook page because that's where Tina's that's where she's posting so um for those of you that are curious to see um the timeline today I wasn't able to be on during the day because I'm I'm at work today with the kids but I saw briefly during my lunch and I'm like oh this is lovely this is exactly how we should be doing it today and mm -hmm. ce celebrating that. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about, we talked about the connection between like racial justice and social emotional development. Um, I know we talk, I've said it's a lot of, there's a lot of self-love that has to also be incorporated within um, like anti-racist work. And, oh yes. And um, yeah, go ahead. Well, it all begins with self. 
like that self-awareness, it begins with self. And I think we have to, as adults, we have to pour into the children, right? And so for me, as a mother of Black children, I am constantly pouring into them. You are beautiful. You are worthy. You are smart. You're intelligent. You can do anything you set your mind to, right? And so I think we have to, and not just children of color, but in particularly children of color, because yeah. they hear those mess, those different messages outside of their home. So it starts at home for me. You have to pour into your children, right? And so for me, that's pouring into my black boy and my black girls to let them know that they are worthy. And so when they go in out into the world, they walk with that. So no matter what hits them, they know I'm worthy. I'm beautiful. I belong here. I'm intelligent. I can do all things, right? And so it's important that we think about that when we think about social justice because it's hurtful. <laughs> um, yeah. Racism is hurtful, right? Um, sexism, genderism, all of that is hurtful. So when we think about social justice, for me, it's also, I want to point out, though we're talking about racial justice, it's not just about racism. There's so much more. I've been really focused also on gender diversity and exploring that and what that looks like in early childhood. So that's, it's that intersectionality, right, of all those pieces that we bring to the table. So um, that social-emotional piece is so important because it is a foundation of learning. Everything begins with self, and you have to start there in order to grow, in order to learn, and in order to develop. I think I answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing that Tina and I, I, you and I were talking about was, I guess for me, during this whole process, all of these events, it's it's not something that I just recognized, but I, for me, it's just something that just kind of just did it for me. I'm like over it. I was really disappointed in some of like the lack of of I guess calling calling it out and saying black lives matter and why in early childhood I guess for me why is it so controversial to say that and to and to take a stand um and just calling it out that uh racial equity anti-racist work starts in the early childhood sector and I, it's like as if we, we want to talk about all these cutesy things or pedagogy. And I'm like, uh, no, we also need to talk about this problem that we have. I mean, the stats are there as far as the preschool expulsion data. Yes. Black yes. and brown kids. So, like, yes. obviously, we're not doing a good enough job. We need to relook at this. Right. Um, and I know uh, I kept. I kept saying, I was telling Tina, I'm like, you know, I'm always looking for others for guidance and and, um, you know, leadership, I guess, and thought leaders on this subject, um, especially because I'm Latina, I'm not black. So I only have my experiences. And then I thought, you know what, but why are we looking? That's us. That's like, and I was telling Tina, I'm like, that's you. You got to be on my <laughs> podcast or, you know, that's our other colleagues that are, um, I was talking to several of my, uh, colleagues I was checking in on I was doing my best to check in on them and just saying hi and I was talking to Tina I'm like you know we talk about the work that has to be done and we we're looking at others and it's at the end of the day it's us we just have we need to be the ones to put it out there um and be the thought leaders in that and not wait for the not wait for the same um I guess for me I, I always see a lot of white women leadership in our field and I'm just kind of tired of that it's, yes I'm over it we're ready 
We're, yeah, I think we're past ready, but I think there's, I think there's also yeah. this fear, Marissa, of saying the wrong thing, right? Yes. And for me, I'm still growing. I'm still learning, right? Just because I'm black doesn't mean that I have all the answers. Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah, a mother yeah. of, you know, children, you know, just because I've experienced some, some racism in my life doesn't mean I have the answers. I am constantly growing and learning and seeking knowledge and seeking information and trying to find sources to fill me so that I can share. So I think we have to get past that fear of not knowing what to say, you know, of being seen as uh, they're black, but they don't know what they're talking about, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and, and acknowledge that, yeah, I, I may not say the right thing, but saying nothing at all is speaking volumes in, in itself, right? Yes, yeah. So when you say, you know, within the early childhood education field and the lack of people wanting to say actually Black Lives Matter, that when I've seen some of the organizations that have put out posts that, that have been, for lack of a better word, sugarcoated, like the statements are sugarcoated. Yes. And it makes me wonder if it's performative instead of sincere, right? You have to say, you have to say the name George Floyd. You have to say the name Breonna Taylor. You have to say racism. It is what it is. And until we can be honest about what it is, we can never, we won't be able to fix it. We won't be able to fix it. We have to say, this is the issue. This is why it's a problem. Now let's move forward. But if we keep sugarcoating it, it's never gonna, it's never gonna be fixed. It brings me to, I know there's been a lot of um, like, like tips or resources, right? I know for me, um, before I would be like, oh, I don't want to get into it with this person. I know for our organization, um, I had reached out to my my colleague um, who's black, and we, were, we and she actually had experienced an incident the Friday before, like all of this stuff happened and the riots um, when she went to pick up her lunch, and it was just a blatant racist um, incident that occurred where. She, without getting too into it, it, it was really obvious. We, she came to my office, was upset about it. It ended up like we were talking about how do we process this? And I, and for me, as someone that's oversees the organization, I'm like, we need to talk about this. Like as uncomfortable as it is, like, I can't, like, I can't deal with that anymore. We just need to talk about this. Um, you know, I'm going to reach out to the other leaders. Um, and we ended up having like a virtual town hall as, okay. and, and uh, with our staff, with our teachers, because I think as much as we concentrate on like developmentally appropriate practices and um, play or, you know, like I said, like the, the, the pedagogy of it, I said, we need to recognize that number one, we, we have a diverse makeup of staff. Number two, we have a diverse makeup of children. And I, there is like this fear of because some of our centers, and I've dealt, worked with some of these centers before, they may not be as diverse. And so they feel like they don't really have to cover these topics. And I'm like, no, that's when you should be covering it even more. We have, because I want those kids to be just as competent when they're not in that white bubble. Right. You can't wait for an incident to happen to talk about equity. <laughs> you you yeah. can't. You can't. You can't have a quality early childhood education program if equity is not at the center of it. And I think that's where we're, that's, that's the part that's missing. Like you said, we talk about developmentally appropriate practice. Equity <laughs> is developmentally appropriate practice, right? Yes. Equity is in language and literacy. Equity is in math. Equity is in science. Equity is in social emotional development, outside play, all of those things. 
And so you cannot, you cannot, cannot, cannot have a quality program and have successful childhood outcomes if you aren't coming from a place of equity. It's impossible. Yes, we I'm like we we have to acknowledge race, you guys. We we, mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge the, the ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Um, it was and it was actually a really lovely conversation that we had. Um, what was nice was that there were some comments that were made about how do we like the teachers were were really lovely about disclosing some of their things, some of the uncomfortableness, and how do I you know, deal with the little toddler that wants to touch my hair and the, the teacher was African-American, you know, and, and I'm like, I have my, my colleague who's African-American and I'm like, oh my God, I really hope Brittany answers this question because I am not black and I don't feel comfortable answering that. And yes, she, I like looked at her a little bit and the energy, she's like, she jumped right in and we talked about that. And I am, um, it was a really lovely response, by the way, like she was saying, you know, a lot of times we're as adults, we, um, we get offended about that, but this is a two-year-old exploring their world. Yes. yes. And, and so, her response, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Her, no, no, her, no. her response can pave the way for that child in understanding a little bit about African-American culture, a little bit about what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. Right. And when you said it, it reminded me when, when my son, again, who's now 23 was younger, we were at a restaurant and we were, waiting to be seated. You know how I seat you in those little booths back in the day when we were sitting next to people <laughs> in a little waiting area. Yeah. And this, this older um, white woman was sitting across waiting for her seat as well. And she looked at me and she looked at my son and she said, oh, what a beautiful chocolate little boy. May I touch his hair? Oh my. Now, Elijah was about three or so at the time. And I looked at her and I said, no, you may not. But he's so cute and chocolate. I just want to touch his hair. I said, my child is not a pet where you may pet him. No, you may not touch his hair. Now, I, I, I say this jokingly, but really honestly, luckily for her, my husband was parking in the car. <laughs> <laughs> because it could have gone another way. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would approach it the same way now, but I think I would have educated her a little bit more about why that was offensive. Um, but in that moment, it was a bit of, uh, being astounded too. Like, seriously, you, you want to pet my child's hair? That makes, you know, where, where no in the world would, does that make sense? But in her mind, in her world, in her experience, it was perfectly fine to ask. And she was upset that I denied her that. So it's just really interesting. Imagine if when she was younger, an African-American teacher had said to her at the time, as your teacher was you know, saying, what, what can I do when they wanted to learn? Having an, a conversation about it, it may have uh, prevented her that this woman in particular could have prevented her from saying what she said to me in that moment. Yes. I think it's important that we take those teaching moments um, for children, even though they can be uncomfortable, even though they can be uncomfortable. You know, and I, I'm reminded too with parents um, reaching out and asking, you know, where do they start? I know for teachers, I, I had been sharing some resources and tips as far as, you know, where to get started. Um, you know, even with our literature, we've had these conversations about some of our children's literature. Uh, is it really racist? <laughs> or really grounded on some racist stuff, but because it's so embedded 
And I remember, um, and one of the resources I'm going to give you guys too, our listeners, um, Ijuma Jordan is really a, mm. another phenomenal um, social justice uh, black woman. Um, yeah. Love her stuff as well. And um, we've talked about this, about some of these books, where they, you know, this, where they come from. They're so embedded into our culture and white centric views that it's just really easy to miss it. Yes. Um, so with parents, just, there's so many resources. I know I was talking to Tina, like, you know, is there any strategies or tips that you want to shout out or some first steps on, um, for parents or for teachers on how we can support folks like you, how we can support, um, your work and our black community. I think Marissa, as I said earlier, I can give you all the tips and the, I could give tips and the, you know, make sure that your, your library is uh, ethnically diverse, that you have <laughs> images of all cultures, you know, all of that. But if you don't believe it, <laughs> if it is not sincere, if, again, if it's just performative, it means nothing. And so my tip is begin with self, right? Look within yourself, question yourself. Why do I, when I, like, for example, when I see the words Black Lives Matter, if I'm a, a non-Black person, if I see the words all, uh, Black Lives Matter and I think, well, all lives matter. Okay, that's fine to have that thought. Stop, question it. Where is that coming from? Why do I feel that way? If I'm walking down the street and I see a group of uh, brown and Black gentlemen walk by and I clutch my purse a little bit more, question that. What? Why am I doing that? Where is that stemming from? It begins with self, self-awareness, and self-reflection. And when you're able to come to terms with that and acknowledge that those feelings exist, then you can move forward. But if you are not acknowledging what's happening within yourself, you're not bringing your authentic self to the classroom. And so there's no way that you can practice from a place of equity and justice and diversity and inclusion if you're not being authentic and really looking within yourself. So my tip, is start with self, do the research, do the reflection, do the questioning. That is where it begins. Yeah. It's get out of your way. Like start doing that deep work within yourself. Yeah. You have to, you have to. And is it uncomfortable? Yes. yes. It's uncomfortable for me. It's okay. I have to question myself too. You know? Oh, I, when I walked into that elevator and there were only uh, black guys standing in the elevator, did I move? Did, did I have a response to that? Where does that stem from? I mean, totally honest, right? So yeah. being able to look at those things, you know, is important. It's important. Um, wow. So much, so much I'm reflecting on too. You know, I think also you're going to, for those folks that are really ready to dive deep and do some self work, you might find yourself as I've, I've, I have found myself where you're going to start to have to either separate yourself from folks that are not, that are in completely opposite with those values, with the, the true equity work where I, I've done that. I'm like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't aligned with me anymore. Um, and I know with like, even my own, some friends, like professionally, personally, and like with my family, I'm like, yeah, so this is where we're going to part ways, you know, sending you love. <laughs> But that takes courage. You know, I, so I'm kind of done with this. There's, there's no need for this. Um, this connection, I guess, 
you know, everybody goes back and forth um, as far as that, as far as who you keep near and for whatever reason, but there's just been so much stuff that for me, I guess I'm just kind of, I'm okay. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I, I, I don't need to be connected to that type of energy, those ideas. You know, for me, it's, it's an integrity piece. I really, it took me a while to try to do this, to become a conscious educator. And I feel like some of that entertaining those ideas of uh, that others have that I'm, that are clearly not in line with social justice or black lives matter, all of those things. It takes me, it's like, I've worked so hard to get to this point. I'm not trying to go back because of somebody's, you know, you're not there yet. Okay. Well, when you're ready, I'm here. But until then, I don't know if you found that in, on your end where you've kind of had to reevaluate and see your, how, like just your, with your connections. I not really not where I've had to 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 remove myself from people. I think it's deciding what can I take from this person, and what yeah. can I leave there, right? Yeah. Um, and what can I learn? And if I've learned all that I can, and the time has come, then it's time to move on. And and that takes it takes a lot of courage to do that to say I I think that this has served its purpose. Yeah. That's what I, that's how I say, okay, this is service. Yeah. Purpose. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's served and, and, and not in a negative way or, you yeah. know, but um, I've gotten what I can. I think you've gotten what you can. And so we're going to, we're going to do, we're going to go our separate ways, but on the same path, but in different directions, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put some of some uh, resources that I've been posting. I was doing, I'm doing, um, Ijuma Jordan's um, Listen to Black Women Challenge this week. Wonderful. And, um, I'll post some of those websites. I know one of them is Dr. Kira Banks, um, her podcast called Raising Equity. Aside from my podcast, you should listen to, you should listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Raising Equity is really, I, I love it. I, I, I saw, um, I think it's pronounced Kai um, from Woke Kindergarten. Uh, mm -hmm. kindergarten teacher she's doing some really cool stuff online as well for those folks that are listening woke kindergarten and then here locally i wanted to highlight and i am going to be honest i have a total bias uh for this organization called indigo cultural center uh founded by dr eva marie shivers mm -hmm. i always yeah. talk about how here in arizona i want us to be able to not just be known for you know our our early childhood general work, but our social justice within early childhood that includes a social emotional piece, our racial equity work, um, and Indigo Cultural Center is, is certainly one of those. Yes, and, it's, and you know, it's, it's really hard to find, unfortunately, that interconnection for racial, social justice, racial equity, and social emotional development. And Eva and Indigo, they do a wonderful job of doing that research. Right? Yeah. Eva has been my mentor for a very long time and um, wise beyond her years um, <laughs> yeah. and lives, lives and breathes the work. So definitely a wonderful, wonderful local resource. Yeah, and, I, and for those that are listening, I shared her post. She did a reflection and I thought it was, it was super, it was just really thoughtful, um, really thoughtful reflection that I shared it on, on the Early Childhood Journeys Facebook page. So Can with that- pause right there real quick, Marissa? Yeah. Just, Eva used those words in this moment, right? Yeah. And I think about that so much because I've been saying that when my friends have reached out to me and asked me how I am, I, prior to Eva's uh, post, but it really brought it out, I would say, in this moment, I am. And then whatever I was in that moment, in this moment, I'm well. 
And that moment may last 10 minutes, it may last two seconds, but in this moment, I am well, or in this moment, I am sad. In this moment, I'm frustrated. Um, I'm happy, whatever it may be. In this moment, I'm celebrating and appreciating, right? Um, but I think it's important that we, we take it moment by moment because things change, our emotions change, right? And, and that's okay. There's no such thing as a bad emotion, right? We are entitled to feel how we feel. Another person that I respect and love tremendously is Dr. Acela Garcia. Um, and Acela states, you have to welcome in those emotions. You say to them, well, hello, frustration. Welcome in. You know? <laughs> well, hello, hurt and pain and suffering. Welcome in. What have you come to teach me? And then sit and learn from it. We can't push those things away because they make us uncomfortable. We're fearful of those things. But we have to sit in those emotions so that we can grow and that we can learn from them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. It's a lot to take in. I hope our listeners were taking notes. Some <laughs> reflection. Self-reflection. <laughs> it's a good thing people can record and re-listen to all of that. It's, I know. It's a lot. Um, anything else before I let you go? Thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you. I, you know, I'm transparent. So when I will be honest, when Marissa said, let's do this, I was like, eh. And not because <laughs> most of people, trust me, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And part of it was, I, 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 and I think I said this to you, Marissa, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I'm in the best headspace for this. I'm heavy. I'm, I'm, ugh, I just don't feel right. And then I also have, like we talked about earlier, this fear of what if I say the wrong thing? What oh. if I, you know, I don't want to stir, stir people in the wrong direction. But um, I thank you for using your voice using your platform to stand up what is right for not just children, um, but for everyone. And so I don't take that for granted. I don't take it lightly. And so thank you for being you and your true authentic self, because uh, we need people like you. So thank you very much. Thank you. See, it wasn't so bad. I mean, we're having a conversation. And and I tell her, I'm like, she, you know, we're talking, we're having this really great discussion. I'm like, this is what we want to talk about. Like, this is exactly it. Let's just, that's this. Don't say anymore. We're going to say it on the podcast. This is good. <laughs> and I told her next time, you know, of any other circumstances I'd like to do, I, I, I usually like to do the podcast when it's not like uh, we're, we're in the same city over tacos and margaritas, but obviously right now we can't do that. Yeah. So next time. Can I substitute my mar- margarita for a sangria? Absolutely. Okay. Whatever you want, girl. <laughs> it's on me. I'll hold you to it. Hold you to it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Marissa.